0: Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke uh, chapter 9. It's kind of a longer uh, scripture reading this morning. Luke 9 verses 49 through 60. I'll read that and you can follow along. Luke chapter 9, verses 49 to 60. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade them because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Do not forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face and as they went they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem and when his disciples James and John saw this they said Lord Do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven to consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God.
1: Happy Sabbath. And uh, welcome you that are watching us through the internet. It's a pleasure to be here. Today, we will continue the series we've been preaching about um, Abraham. Um, I guess I committed a, a mistake when I sent the text for the, for the bulletin last night. I intended to be like 49 to 50, but we read a little bit more, so that's OK. Uh, so, and uh, you may be asking what this text has to do with Abraham. We're going to see in a second. So, like uh, the story today, we're going to continue exactly from where we stopped two weeks ago. Uh, we stopped when uh, we went through the story of Abraham and and uh, Hagar and uh, the... Ishmael, the announcement of Ishmael, the whole confusion. Now, the story we are uh, going to analyze today comes right after that, just a few months later. Just a few months later. And the story starts with like a Abraham sitting on his porch. He didn't have a house, but that's how I picture. Uh, if you open your Bibles, in Genesis 18, verse 1. It says, Then the Lord appeared to him by the terrible trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So, he was like on the hottest part of the day sitting there on like the, his, the entrance of his tent on his porch and like just perhaps sipping a lemonade or something like on the cool breeze of the day. And... Uh, and uh he was looking uh, to the people around it. I imagine the scene like as a small town, like I don't know if you went to those really small towns that like on, uh, when the weather is good, like summer or spring, like that they are all sitting on their porch or on the, li- or on the front yard or like, and all talking with each other, like out seeing the movement. So that's, that's the vibe here. And uh, Abraham, he was there looking. Then he sees three men coming. And he immediately goes and like, uh, Please, please, if if you come in, like, uh, sit with us, eat with us. Like, uh, he didn't know who those men were at this point. Like, uh, he says to them, like, my lord, if it, if it favors you, please come inside and uh, do not pass your servant. Let's share a little water, a little bread, like, uh, let's have a meal together. And uh, then, if you keep reading here, he actually asks his wife, and they order like an immensely big amount of food for like three people. Like uh, they make a banquet, but that's, he was just being Abraham. Like if you've ever been to the Middle East, people there are very uh, welcoming. Hospitality is a big thing there. Like, and I'm going to give you a pro tip. If, if you ever go to a family that's from the Middle East, like, and you're sharing a meal with them, like you always leave food on your plate because if you empty your plate, they give you more. And then if you empty your plate again, they give you more. And they keep feeding you until you explode. So always leave something. Otherwise, like uh, you may not get there, out of there alive. <laughs> or at least you're going to be rolling. So, but that was the environment where Abraham was. So he was, very, uh, he was being very hospitable. He didn't know who those three people were. At this point, at least, of the story. And uh, in verse 9, as they are there visiting and eating and having a good time, God actually shows his hand because he, uh, he asks, Where is Sarah, your wife? And they, Abraham, said, Oh, she's inside, she's taking care of business. Then God says, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. Or, I don't like that translation because what, that's an idiom in Hebrew that means in a year. In a year I will be back uh, and behold, Sarah shall have a son. And then, as you keep reading, we see that Sarah was hearing the conversation of the people out there. And she kind of laughs or chuckle like, like, uh, and then all of a sudden, God asks, Sarah, what you, what you giggling about? And she, no, no, I'm not doing anything. Me? No. Sarah, come on, I know. No need to. So he finally reveals that he is God and that he knows everything. At this point of the story, then Abraham starts to wise up and, uh, they continue the meal, and then they finish. And it's there that I want to start the study today. So before we keep reading scripture, let's uh, bow our heads and uh, ask God for guidance. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the life that you gave us today. We are sinners in need of grace, We ask you, dear Lord, for you to wipe us clean with the blood of the Lamb and cover our nakedness with your garments of righteousness. Give us uh, your spirit now. Anoint our ears and our hearts to be able to hear and to put in practice what we gonna study here today. Bless my lips so I don't speak by myself, but speak guided by you. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, let's start by reading Genesis 18, 16 to 19. Uh, i gonna need somebody to help me with my reading. My throat is a little bit dry today, so I, if I keep I want to save, can, you, can we have a mic? Can you help me here, Sonny? Sure. So let's read Genesis 18, 16 to 19.
0: Then the men rose from there and looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord and do righteousness and justice, and that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him.
1: If you recap abraham's story so far god had showed him show up to him like in first spoke with him then showed up with him in a dream then show up for him like in that strange scene of like the 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 smoking pot and the the torch like going over the animals but now he comes face to face now it becomes personal. He comes as one of them. He Abraham now uh, have like a personal encounter with God, like face to face. God wanted that conversation to be personal, and uh, here on the. On verse 16 to 19 that Tony just read we hear uh, God speaking but not to Abraham here he's speaking to himself it's kind of breaking the fourth wall you guys know that expression no like uh, in a book or in a or in a movie like you have the the different uh, characters talking to each other and then all of a sudden The one of the characters, instead of addressing each other, they started to address you. Sometimes in movies, they look to the camera and they start to talk as if they were talking with you. So that's what God is is saying. Like He's addressing us. Abraham didn't hear that conversation. Like uh, he probably uh, Moses probably heard this from the Lord Himself because that's. that's here for our own benefit. And when he says, like, uh, uh, when they are on their little conversation between themselves, like the Godhead, like, should we hide what we gonna do from Abraham? Like he's a friend. We are Paul's. Like, like we we love each other. So should I hide it? And uh, and then he gives you two reasons why not to hide from Abraham. Like he says, because he surely become a great nation. Like uh, and through him, I want to bless all the nations of earth. So I want to give to give him to keep him in. But then he gives a second reason. He says as well in verse nineteen that like a. Uh, because he will command his children to be like him to walk in uh, righteousness and to walk in justice so those are the two big reasons god gives him, gives us why he wants to talk with abraham why he he came like uh, to Tell him what he's going to tell. Like at the first impression. We reading the first part of chapter 18. We have the impression that he came just once more. To talk about the birth of Isaac. Just to give more reassurance. But here. We actually see that. Uh, what he really came to be. To to, to tell. Was what he's going to tell next. And the. The fact that he mentioned Isaac is just a part of the equation, but was not the main course was like the Main reason was what we're gonna read on the next few verses Like uh, let's read now verses 20 to 22
0: And the Lord said Because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great and because their sin is very grave I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord.
1: So, let's try to understand what's going on here. Uh, The Lord said that uh, The outcry of what Sodom and uh, Gomorrah were doing was like too loud. Like he had to do something. And uh, sometimes we don't uh, really have the gravity of how bad the situation was there. Because uh, there's not much on the Bible about the situation. In Sodom and Gomorrah, like the situation uh, we just have one story, so making a decision about just one story is not really a good thing but uh in the context of that story, they were not talking about uh, a unknown group of people, they are talking about somebody that was very uh famous and like and uh we actually hear a lot more about uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in other parts of the Bible, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Let's all open our Bibles in Ezekiel 16 49 to 50. Eze- Ezekiel 16 49 to 50. Here, the prophet gives us a sense of how bad Sodom really was. Ezekiel 1649
0: to 50 Look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom She and her daughter had pride fullness of food and abundance of idleness neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor or the needy and they were haughty and committed abomination before me therefore I took them away as I saw fit
1: Here on this passage, we see that uh, Sodom and her sister, cities they were uh, missing the mark in all aspects, like in all aspects of God's expectation for us, like God expects us to write in uh, righteousness, and they were not doing that because they are not helping the people that needed, and even worse, they were taking their money for it, but they are also were fostering among themselves Uh, abomination. Like this, that city became so bad that like even to today in English, we still remember uh, because of the use, Sodom became a root word for the, for one word here in English. But you may think, oh, the situation was not that bad. Like the author here of Genesis, Moses, he actually makes it very clear. If you read Chapter 19. Verse 4. Like he goes to like a. Immense pains To actually tell you. How bad. Sodom is. Like God. Had sent two angels there. To destroy the whole city. And. Uh, and uh, Lot. Uh, Abraham's nephew. Like says like. He sees them. Walking around. Thinking they are just men. And He. Oh, those guys, that thing is going to end badly. So he tries to get them in. Let's, let's come to my house. Let's, because he wanted to protect them. And then what happens next? Can you read for us, Tony, verse 4 of uh, Genesis 19?
0: Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house.
1: So, like, he says that all men of the city, the men of Sodom, of Sodom, both young and old, from all corners of the city, like, he is just trying to really convey that everybody was there. was not an isolated case or half dozen of bad apples, but the whole basket. Uh, and, uh, like, they went there and they wanted to abuse those people. So they were bad. And uh, Abraham knew who they were. God knew who they were. And like the Bible says. That the Lord has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. But wants our people to get saved. So why did he came? He came. Because the witness of Sodom was getting so high that it would spoil the whole pot if left unchecked, as happened before, before the, the flood. Like, he had to do something. Otherwise, things would get sour very quickly. And in that context is what God came to, came to do. But it's interesting. That like, uh, once God has this, this little dialogue in his mind, and then uh, he decides to tell Abraham what he's going to do, and he tells Abraham, Abraham, i going to level this. i going to level the city. Like, uh, we might think like, those people in Sodom they were against everything Abraham was about and uh, if you come to think of it they probably would be even an existential threat against Abraham because like uh, I don't know what was your experience but at least with me when I'm around of bad people they usually don't like me I don't know why Uh, but like uh, when somebody that's trying to do the will of God, you become like an annoying presence uh, among those uh, around you. And if they are really bad, they're probably going to try to end your life. So the, uh, Abraham was living in an ext- existential threat because of those guys. It was a real uh, problem. And everybody involved, both Abraham and God, knew how bad those people were, and uh, but at the end, like uh, the two angels go to destroy, but the Lord stays, and uh, they stay there facing each other. Abraham stands. Uh, we read here in verse twenty-two that Abraham stands in front of God, and uh, they were they start a conversation. Like uh, that conversation is striking because Abraham starts to do something. Like uh, starting here uh, on verse twenty-three, Abraham ask comes near the Lord and said, "Like, would you destroy the that city if they were there? Like, let's say fifty righteous?" And God said, "Oh, if I found fifty there." I keep the city. And then he goes like 45, 40, 30, 20. And like at one point, uh, at the end here, he says to the Lord, and I love that phrase, like verse 33. Uh, Let not the Lord be angry, and I speak with you but once more. Suppose 10 should, should be found there. And before that, he says like, oh, I'm just ashes. Like, but forgive me if I'm going to talk. But... And he keeps that bargain going on. And then the Lord says like, I will not destroy it for the sake of 10. In verse 33, so the Lord went his way. Soon, as soon he had finished speaking with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. It's, it's funny because like, could you imagine like, uh, let's, let me pick up on Tony since he has the mic. Let's let's imagine. I come to Tony and like, Tony, can you give me like, I forgot my wallet. Can you, can I borrow $5? Sure. And then like, once I have, Oh, uh, I, I I misspoke. Can, can I give you 10? Can you give me 10? Uh, all right. And then like, okay. Let's make it 20.
0: All right. But that's all I got. I'll have to go to an ATM.
1: (laughs) And then like. Do you see what Abraham was doing? Every time he. He got what he wanted. He was like. Stepping up. Stepping up. Like. And if you keep playing like that. At some point. People is going to tell you to take a hike. And. uh, Especially. uh, Since he knew who he was talking with. If He was. Having to tread a very fine line because you could really real soon become like uh ashes as he said he, he was like he says in verse uh, uh, twenty seven indeed i'm i i who indeed now I who I am but dust and ashes, but I have taken up upon myself to speak with the Lord, so he know, he knew very well what he was The risk he was doing, but why he was doing so? That's my question. Like, uh, I don't know if you ever lived together with somebody that annoys you, Uh, like that neighborhood that's like, uh, and so that's loud or that do something bad or like bad people. Like, I remember when um, my oldest son, he was like three months old. We lived in an apartment. It was like a tiny apartment. Uh, and uh, we just had one bedroom back then. And uh, so his crib was in our uh, bedroom by the window. And then we started to feel like some smells. Like, uh, and... Uh, I didn't know at first, but then a friend told me, like, "Oh, that spot." Uh, my neighbor from downstairs was a smoking pot, and we were smoking together, <laughs> uh, like we are all high. And like I had like a three-month old, and I was, I went to her door, like, and I, listen, could you smoke in a different place? Like, I I don't mind you smoking, but can you go to a different... Because I have a baby. And uh, he's already getting high. And uh, so she said, no, no, no. I'm not smoking. That's just incense. I said, right. (laughs) And uh, I was so angry with that woman. Because she... I... I felt tempted like to denounce her to the police or to do all sorts of things, because I didn't want that woman like uh, smoking us out. And uh, I didn't do any of the things, but soon enough she moved, so not enough for me to get addicted. Uh, but uh, the point is, if uh, God was showing up to me that day, Mabio, I gonna smoke that lady. I probably would say, okay, what time is the barbecue? I I bring the sauce. (laughs) Uh, Because that's the normal reaction that we have. When somebody is annoying, somebody is, uh, is threatening your family, you want to get rid of those people the first chance you have. But Abraham did differently. He was bargaining with God for those people that didn't deserve it that those people that are even he, his enemies so i ask you why do you think he did that what was in abraham's mind hmm? lot no i actually i heard a lot of people talking like oh maybe lot or something but uh Abraham knew Lot as well, and if you read the story, Lot was far from righteous. He he was just saved because he was the he had the right connections, uh, like. But he was not a righteous person, so uh, none of his family are. If you keep reading chapter uh, nineteen, like, it, his family was a. Like, a catastrophic failure as well. So, there's something more. If it was just Lot, his concern, he would say like, okay, save my, my people and get rid of everybody else. Uh, and that was a fair thing to ask. But he was actually asking to save the whole city. People that were bad to the bone. Like... Last sermon, I mentioned that there's things on the Bible that like uh, situations that sometimes we read. And uh, the, as we read with our 21st century glasses, we get things wrong. Because, for example, when Sarah gave Hagar to uh, be the mother of her surrogate son, for us that looks strange. But on their culture of their time. Was okay. Was as a respectable choice. Was not what God wanted. But was respectable. Here with Sodom. Like there's nothing about that. Like what was happening there. Was despicable. Even to the standards of the time. So like. Abraham had no reason why to try to save him. But we have. Let's just look to the stories that we saw so far. Like Abraham was called by God. And did you notice that the guy was doing everything wrong? God said, like, go left and he goes right. And, like, uh... and God gave him time after time after time after time, not what he deserved, but what he didn't deserve. God gave him grace. Something happened or something should happen with us. When we become uh, objects of God's grace, we have to start to realize that other people need God's grace too. Like, and that's what Abraham was trying to do. He was, he was trying to get people to receive not what they deserve, but what they did not deserve. And like the Lord opened the door there for that dialogue. He could have left with the three angels. He could have like turned Abraham into ashes on the first question. But he kept that dialogue going. Why? Because God wants you and me to have empathy for those That are not like us, that we disagree with, that those from the other party, for those from the other side of the tracks, for those that are even our enemies, God expects us to love humanity as He loves. Like, uh, and I guess the key to understand that whole passage is verse 19. When he says, like that, uh, uh, For I have known him in the order that he may command his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord, to do righteous and justice, that the Lord might bring Abraham what he spoke to him. From the first time Abraham was called, God said to him, I'm going to give you children, and you're going to be a blessing. And now, he shows up again and says, This time next year, Sarah is going to have a kid on her arms. And then, as he reasoning to himself on that little monologue that we see here on uh, verses 16 to 19, he gives us, a very special reason why he's talking, because uh, it's, that, it's that in order that he may command his children to follow my ways, so he has to know who I am, that I am all for grace and mercy, so he can follow himself, and he can teach his children to do the same. Like, uh, in order to bring the, to the fruition what I promised, that uh, uh, our earth would be blessed in the children of Abraham. Like, we are blessing Jesus that was a children of Abraham, but we also should be blessed in all of his children. And according to the Bible, you, all of you that accept Jesus, are also seed of Abraham. I read that passage many times, like in Galatians. And uh, so in order for God to fulfill his promise to be a blessing through the nations, you need to be a blessing. Uh, we have to represent God and do things in the way he does, not in the way I want it. Today, I feel ashamed of like telling that story that I told you that I like. I really wish that my neighborhood from the that was smoking pot to be gone and to be destroyed or to go in jail. Like I was really harboring bad feelings about it. But like as I read that story, that's what not God wants what God wants us from. He wants us to pray for our enemies. He wants us to. Pray for. And not only pray to help. The more we can. Those. That deserve grace as much as we do. Even to put our lives on the line. Because if you see here. Abraham was. Basically crossing the line here almost. Okay. God let it. Because he wanted to. uh, Show us. What we need to do. We are supposed to not only love one another, like in the text I read on the kids' story today, I read just the end of the text. The beginning of the text from Romans says like, "Ah, eventually somebody may even die for a good people, but nobody dies for bad people. Therefore, God showed his love towards us. When he came and died for us, when we were still his enemies. And we are expected to show the same love and to help those in need. Uh, there is a, God left that door open because he wanted you and me to be different. And those two stories connect to allow us us to understand that uh, God wants you and me to be blessings and to be intercessors, to be helpers, even for those that are our enemies, even for those that are a menace to our own existence. There's an interesting story we, we read as the as the scripture reading for today from Luke 49 to 50. I want to go to that story now to just to tie up because that's another example of what happened in the life of Abraham. In, uh, on that story, Jesus was going through Samaria and Samaria, if you know the, the history of Israel, Jews and Samaritans. They were enemies. They kill each other for fun. Like. uh, And. uh, They. Would not even. Step in each other's land. They would go like. They would make a trip. That would. Like if they would pass through. Samaria would be like a two hour trip. They would take an extra day. Just to go around it. That was. How much they hate they hate each other. And uh Jesus went there and he spoke with them. And uh they treated uh, Jesus harshly. And uh, when the disciples heard, especially the two that were known as the sons of thunder, do you know who they are? James and John, they were called sons of thunder because they are hotheads, like they And uh, it's funny, because they say here, let us bring fire over them. And Jesus said, like, Jesus scolds them. Like on verse uh, 55, Jesus says, but he turned it and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit are you of. For the Son of Man did, did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Jesus started his preaching to the Samaritans. Uh, like before that, they were asking, Jesus, we are seeing other people preaching in your name, but they are not among us. Should we rebuke them? Should we kick them off? And Jesus said, No verse 50 do not forbid him for he who is not against us is on our side but that people may have think okay he's talking here about all the christians but so we have no doubt now he's talking about samaritans like the hidden people like the people that were not even jewish that they were first enemies and as expected was human, when the Jesus was not well received, those two disciples asked, like, give us the word. We're going to pray and fire is going to rain from heaven as was with uh, Elijah. And it's going to consume those guys. And then Jesus rebuked them. Why? Because everybody, every one of us is called to have the same attitude as Abraham. To treat others with grace. Even if the other people is from a different faith. Believes in different things I believe. Even if that other people is like my enemy. uh, Like we are called to extend to people the same grace we receive. Jesus once said that uh, he who uh, was forgiven more loves more. So I'm preaching here to a congregation and to myself because I have been so much, so much times forgiven and I believe you too. That means that you are at least that many times on the hook. To forgive others. To extend grace. To ask for people not to have what they deserve. Because you, you didn't have what you deserve. You had grace. We should ask for other people to have grace too. Like, uh, we are, God does not want us to be treated in the way we deserve. He treats us with grace. And he expects us, as his sons and daughters, to extend that grace, as Abraham did, as Jesus did when he walked among men. We need to be a blessing. And we start to be a blessing by loving one another. Not only those that look like us, but those that are the undesirables of the society, the outcasts, those that are really need of our help, even if they don't know of, even if they are our enemies, even if we showed up on their town, they would try to do bad things with us. That doesn't matter because God loves us first when we were his enemies. So we are also summoned to love others, even if they are our enemies. That's why Jesus said, pray for our enemies. And that's good advice. Let's start by that. Even before we have the courage to do something for them, we have to pray for them. Let's pray for those that that upset us. Let's pray for those that are our enemies. Let's pray for those that look like different to us. And let's ask for God to change our hearts so we can also start to do like Him and and walk in righteousness and justice. And justice in God's eye is not like giving what you deserve, but Bringing you what you don't deserve. Let's stand grace. And let's be agents of grace in this world. That's needing so much. Somebody to be a blessing on their lives. May you be a blessing in somebody else's life as well. May God bless you. You have been listening to the broadcast. From the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. At 2420 East Ashman. In Midland Michigan. If you are in the area. We cordially invite you to visit our church. Saturday mornings. If you're a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.